I see some different people that are um, been ministering. Uh, Thang, I think you've gone back to Miramar. So we bless your ministry among the Burmese people all around the world. He stays gone half of the time from his family. Uh, we, we bless him. He's coming in. He's going out everywhere. We bless that. Um, who else was out there for a minute ago? Kyle. Oh, no, Seth. Seth, your ministry among recovery. Bless that. Bless it. Probably be tonight and stuff. We, what he's doing. Bless you, Seth. Bless all that you're doing and that stuff. And Cherry, uh, y'all in... Uh, thinking you're moving towards to plant a church in Birmingham, a vineyard church. We bless the church plant and y'all and your family. Um, John, April's been watching. Your sister has learned to paint. Man, wow, gosh, we'll be shipping April stuff out around the world someplace. Uh, she she's paints with all these, you know, poured painting kind of stuff, and it's pretty interesting stuff. Turn with me to Luke. Uh, 23, so, Karen, I'm going to have to quit looking at my phone. I can see why when sometimes you look at your phone and talk to people, and I want us to, we're going to try to, in the, in the coming, ever how long all this stuff lasts, we're going we're gonna to do some praying for the sick in live time, so it's like have one, one camera on us and one that we can read your replies and then as you give us things to pray about, we're going to pray for you right then, right that second. So I'm going to turn mine off, okay? So bless all y'all that are watching. Father, we ask you to speak to us today, um, now and later. Uh, people, people see this. You, you know, time is nothing to you. You invent time. You you, you don't even live in the timeline. You, you look at the time. You are who was, who is, who is to come. Best way you can explain it, and then it doesn't make any sense to us because it's like talking to ants at an ant mound as, as humans. They may see us and run from our foot, but they don't know, they don't know us. And we kind of know what they do because we've had an ant farm when we were little. Um, I don't know that it's like that. I don't know what it's like. Luke 23, verse 44. So, um, any of you watch Rocky and Bullwinkle? Do you know what I'm talking about? You watch, you watch reruns. I watched it the first time around. Mr. Peabody and his time machine, Right? <laughs> Mr. Peabody would go back in time and visit something in history. So we are going with Mr. Peabody. I know I look probably more like Mr. Rogers, but um, this is not Mr. Rogers. This is Mr. Peabody's time machine. We are going back to the time of the crucifixion. Jesus is on the cross. Okay. The women that have been part of the ministry following him they're at a decent distance. You know, all this stuff about clothes and stuff, they usually took their clothes and stuff. They, they tried, the Romans tried to make it the most embarrassing, painful situation that when you saw someone crucified by the Romans, you never forgot it, and you always said, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, to the Romans. That was, you know, it was sadistic, 
terrible. And just like um, watching the Old West and stuff, when they were going to hang somebody, the whole town turned out. There wasn't much else to do. They wanted to see what happened. So you have a crowd there that have come to watch the spectacle. They are right around these three being crucified. This one that they've heard of named Jesus and two thieves. So we're going to put a show on. Then you've got some followers of Jesus that are there nearby watching. And then you've got up the hill, you've got the women and, and some of the other disciples. The, 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 the 11 that are with him have split. They're probably in hiding because they're just not sure if they're not going to send someone after them and um, get them crucified, put them in jail, whatever. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing what you, you would expect people to do. Okay, and so now, can you, you're kind of with me? We're in that crowd up the hill looking down on the smaller crowd down there, and there we can tell they're yelling things. We're close enough. We're social distancing, yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying not to go off on this COVID-19 thing, but like I probably will for a moment, but just a moment, because there's a real big parallel going on right here. Um, so he's been up there a little while on the cross, and we start having verse 44, and now about noon, the sixth hour, Darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour, until 3 o'clock. From noon until 3 o'clock, it was dark. My grandmother told me about one time down in Beaver Valley in St. Clair County with a, um, when an eclipse came. It was one of the really long-lasting eclipse. The roosters all went to bed. And when the eclipse started, the sun started coming back, they started crowing. Uh, that's pretty interesting. The sun, it's dark. It's turned dark. It's probably an eclipse. When you look up, you just see black and a ring around it. Spiritually, it's saying something. It's saying that the Father cannot look upon Jesus. You know, this parallel has been, running on, been going on since Thursday, even before Thursday, the whole last week in his life when he comes to Jerusalem. You know, it, the parallel thing is they've, they've taken the, the lamb that the families are going to sacrifice and they bring it into the house to live with them. This is when he comes to Jerusalem. They, they're supposed to examine it under the things that God had gave Moses to do. They wanted a lamb without blemish and they would keep it in the house with them and they would get to know it, sort of. The kids would play with it. It was a lamb. Lambs are cute. And then they were going to kill it, which was not... Can you imagine? All the kids are don't want to see this. This is the lamb we've been playing with for a week. And the instructions the very first time with Moses, you know, saying we want you, want you to dress like you're leaving because you want you to take some of the blood from the lamb and want you to put it on the top of the, uh, of, of the door facing and it dripped down and some on either side so that when the angel of death passes through Egypt, he will see the blood and pass past your household and no one will die because God had said through Moses he said tell them tell Pharaoh because Pharaoh had threatened them he says God says the firstborn in Egypt is going to die the firstborn in everybody's household is going to die 
And so they went back and talked to the Jews and said, you, you do this, you take this lamb, you sacrifice this innocent lamb, you take its blood, you cook it, you make other things that you eat with it, you, you put the blood on the doorpost, and when the angel of death passes over during the night, it will see this and no one in your house will be taken. So this is what's happening as they celebrate every year they were to remember the Passover, the night that the angel of death passed them over. So they're doing that on Thursday night, and they, and they do this with Jesus and his disciples, and they are doing the same Passover meal that everybody else is, except little things are changing. You know, he gets to a place, and they got these four cups, and he gets to the third one, he says, he, all of a sudden it's new. This is the blood this is the blood of the new covenant. Takes the bread. He breaks the bread and says, this is my body. He's setting up new symbols from the, the old symbols of the, all the parts of the Passover. So then he becomes the sacrificial lamb. He's on the cross. The father, seeing the Messiah, the anointed one, to be the, to be the lamb, cannot look upon him because he has become the sin carrier. Just like they would put their hands on, on, a, on a goat, you know, and they would, after they've had, they've, they've got the people there, after they started doing this, and they would pronounce the sins of the people on the goat, it's the scapegoat, then they would give it to one of the priests, the priest would take it out into the wilderness and, and send it away. And that was to say, for one year, all your sins are gone, but we got to do it again next year, and we got to do it again next year, and we got to do it again next year, and next year, and next year, and next year, and next year, but this ends it, because this, he is the lamb, and he's the scapegoat both. He becomes the sin carrier for us. God accepts him as the one. uses the Romans method you know because verse 45 the sun was obscured and the veil of the temple was torn in half was torn in two doesn't mean much much to us as Gentiles except that you know that the veil kept you from seeing into the Holy of Holies there was this curtain he tears the curtain in two at the temple which means what? You can see through the curtain. There is a way now been made for you to come into the presence of God because Jesus has become the one. His blood has made this pathway. Verse 46, Jesus cries out with a loud voice and says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. It's finished, having done this, he says. And having, having said this, I'm, I'm reading Luke, New American Standard, does I say that? He breathed his last. Now, when the centurion, that's the Roman, guard, the Roman army guy that's over 100, so the centurions are pretty, usually very important. They make good money, kind of. You know, they got 100 other Roman soldiers working for them. When he saw what had happened, he began praising God. A Roman centurion did. Saying, certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds who came together for this spectacle 
I think if we had been there, you know, they're kind of making fun. You got some that are making fun of Jesus. And probably of the, of the two thieves for different reasons. Maybe they knew him. But you got others that are there for a different reason. They're hoping he will come down off of the cross and he will take over and drive the Romans away. They're so hoping. They're hoping that the day he came to town a week before when they throw palm branches down, you know, and they, they, they start saying out loud, saying, following him as a crowd, Hosanna to God in the highest. They're following him as he's riding the, the coat, the donkey, you know, and they've thrown their, their clothing down. Now, they, they don't have a lot of clothing. They're not going to go to Target and buy some. This is hand-woven clothing. This is, you don't get a lot of this. They were cutting limbs off the trees, tearing them off, and making a pathway. Now, what are they doing? You do this when you make, when you make shift like having makeshift communion, you know, you might use chewing gum and something else. You use the elements you can find. They were making a place for a king to come to town. They were celebrating the fact, they were sure this is it. This, we're sure he is the anointed one in Jewish. He's the Messiah in, in Greek, the Christ. He is the Messiah. We're, this is it. Finally. Finally, we're going to overcome the Romans. They still think it when, he, when he's, they've crucified him. It doesn't look good. The odds makers are going, yeah, I don't think so. We're going to change the odds on this. You know, hmm, I think he's going to die. But who, who wants to put a little money on this and says he's going to get down? Yeah, people are being people. The women are up there watching. Some with him. The close ones are all scattered. Darkness for three hours. He dies. The Roman centurion says he's innocent. And the crowds who came together, verse 48, for this spectacle, when they observed what had happened, began to return, and they are beating their breasts. Now, that's the traditional sign of mourning or contrition. Some people tear their shirt and it's not like a movie tearing their buttons off because somebody's in love you know it's tearing a hand-woven fabric that costs a lot i mean you don't get much fabric they tear their clothes they may stitch it back later but it's not woven perfectly anymore you know that's a that's a sign of whoa whoa you know, this whole thing of ashes and stuff, they put dirt on top of their head. They take the, the dirt on the ground and put it on top of their head. They're, they are, you know, it's bad. If it's long-term, they fast. They take the roughest kind of something that they might carry grain in, and they put that on for clothes. Make them a belt out of something and wear that around. It's scratchy. It itches. It makes your skin break out. Verse 49, and all of his acquaintances and the women who were accomplishing him, accompanying him from Galilee were standing at a distance seeing these things. And a man named Joseph, who was a member of the council, he's one of the Sanhedrin, the 70 rulers, a good and righteous man 
He had not consented, it says, parentheses, to their plan and action. A man from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, he, 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 he's been waiting for the kingdom of God, it says. Verse 52, and this man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Christ. He was somebody so he could go to Pilate, to the, to the Roman governor, and see if he could get the body. So he gave him to him. So he took, him, took, him, so he took it down and wrapped it in a linen, a linen cloth and laid him in a tomb, cut into the rock. Someone's uh, probably his tomb, tomb, you know, a burial tomb, which is really expensive, where no one had ever laid. And this was the preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. At, you know, it's going to begin at sundown, okay, and so we're running out of time. We, it's been 3 o'clock. He dies at 3. We've got a few hours before sunset. Joseph goes, asks for his body. He says, yes, he go, they go, they take it down. You know, the Romans probably lowered it because they worked for, you know, Pilate. And so Joseph takes him, puts him in the tomb, and they roll the stone, remember, in front of the tomb. And you, they kind of prop these stones up so that they're hard to move. You can't, you got a bunch of grave robbers. The thing's so heavy, what are, you can't move it. It's uphill. You take the stops out and you roll it down in place. And then, in another one of the passages, they took a seal, and like a wax seal. They put a wax seal on it and put the insignia of Pilate in them on it, saying, now this is on pain of death. If you break this seal and we find out who you are, you're dead. This is closed. So that's where they are. Verse 55, And the women had come with him out of Galilee, followed and saw the tomb, and how his body was laid. They're standing out there watching what they can see, what they, what, what they can be a part of. They want to know. We'll make sure we've got the right spot. There's other ones like this there. Get the right one. They returned. They prepared spices and perfumes. And on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. Seventh day, you rest. It began at sundown. You can't walk but so far on a Sabbath if you're a good Jewish person. You know, this is a, they're in there. What are they thinking about? Liz, you had written online about Holy Saturday. Yeah. You know, just think. Think you're, you, you know, they've, they've kind of, some of the disciples, some of the guys that had scattered, they've kind of found their way quietly back. Some of them are together in different places. Some of them are, and they're not all like gathered in one room. They're, they are in shock. He's dead. They have killed him. They have broken hearts because they love him. They have kind of the political broken heart because we were sure he was going to bring the kingdom of God and free us. Everybody acts a little different. Some are crying. Some are staring. Some are just crawled over in the corner and not moving. You know, you know how that is. You know how it is when somebody dies. An accident. Something occurs that you weren't expecting. Now they've got another, another day. Like, did yesterday really happen? Did they really crucify him? Did, did, am I just making this up? Did this all really happen? I'm not a woman, but I've got friends that are women. And, and y'all are very good at making plans. I know that these women are probably tears 
And at the same time, they're wiping the tears away. Well, how many spices do we have? Well, how much? How much do we, what do we have? Well, let's make a little pile over here. and Let's get this all together. What are we going to do? Well, you know, uh, Sabbath ends at sunset, but it'll be dark. We can't go there. We can't talk. What are we going to do with this stone? What about that stone? We're, we're, we, they, they're planning. They're, they're trying out different ideas. But mainly they're going to have to wait until morning. They're going to have to wait until Sunday morning, the first of the week. Verse 24, chapter 24. So on the first day of the week, at early dawn, as soon as they could see, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. One thing at a time. You've got to take the spices. We don't know how we're going to get in, but hey, we've got to take the spices, right? And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Amen. Weird. Who did that? Do you all know? And they found it rolled away, and when they entered, they didn't find the body of Lord Jesus. Okay, another shocker. The stones moved back, and he's not, he's not in there. We could see before they rolled it closed, they had a cut-out place for the body. We know where they left him, where Joseph left him. And while they were being perplexed, perplexed about this, verse 4, Behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothes. You know, lights. Not your typical outfit. Whiter than the best detergent. Kind of lit up probably from the inside out, you know. Kind of lit the trees, the rocks around, you know. And the women were terrified, which is, that's good normal stuff. And, And bowing their faces to the ground. The men said to them, why do you seek the living one among the dead? The first statement that everything has changed. We cannot comprehend this. From the day that our ancestors, Adam and Eve, were kicked out of the garden... And God says to the serpent, you're going to crawl on your belly the rest of your life. And you will strike at man, Adam's, heel, but he will bruise your head. All those years ago, the first prophecy that something was going to fix this. And down through the years, the prophets kept adding more and more detail and an image starts forming to the point that young men that were seeking to know that possibly in their generation the Messiah would come, they had a list of attributes they were looking for. And these young guys, when they meet Jesus, comes back. Who is it? Nathaniel comes back and tells his brother, I think we found the Messiah. That's what an absurd thing to say, you know, except that they were expecting one. They've been raised since they were little, hearing the scriptures, hearing stuff read to them from the prophets, 
from the history, from Moses, all, all of this. They were expecting someday he's coming. They were watching. There's no reason why the Christians aren't watching for the second coming. Now they think it's the first and that's okay. I mean, you know, God can convince whatever, but at least they're watching. We should be watching with the same expectation of the second coming as they were for spotting him the first time. The clock's ticking. It could be today. If not today, it could be tonight, you know. Everybody on the other side of the world, our friends in Pakistan, we got to, we got to send them two months of what we normally donate to the orphanage this last week because God was gracious. Because they're so locked down, nothing's moving in Pakistan right now. But the orphans are still hungry. So, that was good. And now Maria knows how to listen in on y'all singing. I connected her. I walked her through the steps of all that. So she's going, wow. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm lost. Where were we? We're, uh, well, yeah, verse 5. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He's not here. He's, he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee? Now, this isn't fair. They're angels. You know, they're just, me, me, let me say it, let me say it. No, I was going to say it. No, no, let's flip something. Pick, pick a lot. Which one? Pick the, you, long stick and you get to say it to them. I'll just stand there and nod. <laughs> you don't think they're any different than us. I mean, they get excited. <laughs> Calm down. Talk to, the, talk to these women. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. God's number three. God loves the number three. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, like, you know, he, he likes three. Three is a big deal. They remembered his words, verse 8, and they returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and also other women with them were telling these things to the apostles, to, this, to the eleven, because Judas has killed himself. He's felt remorse over the 30 pieces of silver and stuff, and he has died. Verse 11, but these words appeared to them as nonsense to the boys, to the guys, because they're guys, right? You know, we don't have that 100,000 wires between our right and left hemisphere that women have. All five of our brain, brain centers don't light up at the same time like yours do, just one at a time. We are the lesser of the two halves. We have an XY chromosome, a broken leg. You have two double X's. That's why y'all don't get the virus stuff as much. <sighs> Oy vey. Verse 12, but Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Good old Peter. Action first, think second. Just the same. If it's you, 
Tell me to come to you out of the boat. Mount Transfiguration, Jesus is glowing like the sun. Moses and Elijah appears, talking to him. What does Peter do? Does he sit over in the corner, minding his business, looking at the ground? No, he starts talking. Lord, this would be a great place. Let's build three tents, three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. The cloud forms, God the Father, and the cloud, a voice comes and it basically says, be quiet and listen to my son. Peter, Peter, I love Peter. Jump and then think about it. He ran to the tomb, stooping, looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only. And he went away to his home marveling at what had happened. And behold, two of them were going that very day to the village of Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking to each other about all these things which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with him. You don't think that Jesus loves a good joke? He invented making jokes and play on words and different stuff. He's acting. The Son of God is acting. He's role-playing. And while they were talking, okay, so verse 16, And their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still. They stopped walking, looking sad. They just stopped. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which has happened here in these days? And Jesus says, he says to them, what things? <laughs> if he mess with them, he's going to mess with you. I'm telling you. Sometimes I go, you're messing with me. You know, I was taking this seriously, but you're a bit. Okay. And, he's, and he said to, uh, and they said to him, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet and mighty indeed in word in the sight of God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. They all, three is always a big deal. And besides, it's the third day. Something could happen, but they're intonating. 22, but also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and didn't find his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but he did not, but they did not see, meaning Peter, maybe somebody else. And he said to them, O foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets spoken. Was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things? Or, you know, it says Christ, but Messiah. He was said Messiah to them. To suffer these things and to enter into his glory. And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explains to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he was going farther. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it's getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. 
And when he reclined at the table with them, and he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their side. <laughs> and they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road and while he was explaining the scriptures to us? So they got up that very hour. It's almost dark. But, and returned to Jerusalem. They're probably kind of half running, walking. They're seven miles down the road they've been walking, but now they're, they're beeline on the way back, right? So when they got up, they returned to Jerusalem. They found 33, verse 33, gathered together the 11 and those who were with them and saying, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. This is what the 11 are saying. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. And while they were telling these things, the storytelling back and forth, telling these things, he himself stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. <laughs> uh, two or three almost have a heart attack, I'm sure. They were startled and frightened. I would say some, some had kind of a girly crack. They're guys, but still, ah, you know, I mean, they weren't composed. And thought they were seeing a ghost, a spirit. Verse 38, and he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? He knows them. How long must I be with you? You know, he, he's, he's had a lot of conversations with them about, oh, men of little faith. He just, he has a way with it. I mean, he tells them the truth, but loving all at the same time. If they look bad, he, he does not hide it. He does, they're there, it was okay, it was a hard day at the office. Mm -mm. Now he just spades a spade. He's, you know, he's up front with them. I'm sure this is one of those upfront tones, if we could hear the tone of this. Verse 39, see my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. Hands and feet, he's saying, like, yay, the Romans, you know, punched a hole in me. Look. And when he had said this, verse 40, he showed them his hands and his feet, up close, I would say. And while they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, you got anything to eat? They gave him a piece of raw fish. He took it and ate it before them. And now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He's talking with the Holy Spirit. Verse 50, And he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while, they were, while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried 
up into heaven. And they all worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continued in the temple, praising, blessing God. Now, this is half of a book. You know, Luke and Acts is one book because there's a Greek guy that really wants to know. And so Luke, the physician, starts telling the story line by line, step by step. And then you move over to Acts and we pick up the part two of this story that he's been telling all of it. So, everything has changed. So now we're waiting for the second coming. There's going to be a war, says in Scripture. The dragon, the deceiver, the devil, all the titles of him, he and the Angels that have rebelled, that we call demons, were going to be corralled up and put in the lake of fire. They're going to open the books, so to speak. Now, they're probably virtual books, I don't know, you know, but they're talking in their stuff. He's, you know, take out the scrolls, it's more of a whoosh. And he's going to say to us, well, Jim, let's look and see. Here's what I had for you to do. How'd you do? Did pretty good on that one. What you told? What you didn't do that one at all? Or you told me you were going to do that one. And you didn't do that one. Or you reluctantly did that one. So we're all going to be before Jesus, our older brother, the love of our life, and it's going to be kind of hard, and we will probably cry. And we will kind of feel embarrassed. And at the time of him confronting us with this, we will also feel more love than we have ever felt. And can't believe we're there. Now, sort of across town is the judgment of the Father. That's just for the Christians. That's for the ones that where he invited them, they said yes. His payment has paid for them. But the judgment of God, where the small and the great and everyone will come before. And he says, and, and, and the angels will separate the sheep from the goats. The ones that follow and the ones that are rebellious. And he will say to the sheep on his right hand, Enter the joy of your father's house. And to those that he calls goats, he'll go. There's only one place to go. He's only designed one lake of fire, one place for the, the devil, Lucifer, all the fallen angels, and all those who did not come to him. I won't be surprised if he didn't invite everybody. That everybody won't have an excuse. That everybody right there. Or I invited you a hundred times. I invited you a thousand times. And that's his business. That's not our business. And some of us said yes on the hundredth time because we were kind of rebellious. 
And we'll be glad that we, he asked a hundred times. And some people he will ask probably thousands. I, don't, I, can't, I can't prove any of this. I don't know. It's not going to be good. It's going to be just. Just from a loving, just God. A separating. From his family. The rebellious, the angelic kingdom. And the humans that did not accept him. But you and I don't know who they are. He's the only one that knows the story, the time period of the story. Our job is to be paying attention, watching and listening, always being prepared to make a defense for the hope that is within us, to tell our tale. Short version, don't do the long one. Try to do the short one. I was a rebel. He asked me to come to him. I kind of stalled a little while or whatever we tell him. Or, or no, I went immediately. You know. He sent the Holy Spirit into my heart. I became born from above. And now God talks to me from the inside out. We are ambassadors of his. We are his family. We are his beloved. He is our beloved. And then it's going to come the marriage of the Lamb, and it's going to be better than Lord of the Rings when Aragorn gets married to the elfin princess. Better than Tolkien, better than Jackson's artwork of on top of that mountain. Something fabulous and a giant party. And then we're going to go on to the next stage of whatever. And he's told us nothing about that. Because this is enough to keep up with. But our Father, who's creator of all things, is probably not going to quit creating. He's probably going to take all of his children as ambassadors and send us out into more creation to represent him. I don't know. We'll find out. It's uh, yet to be known. Father, we bless you. We thank you for this Easter. We thank you for retelling the story to us again. Speak to us even more clearly in this, between this year and the next Easter. And if we don't get to an Easter and you show up in person, we would really like that. All those that you are speaking to that are, have a rebellious heart, would you speak again today? Just turn up the heat. You were gracious to us. 
You, you were the hound of heaven, Holy Spirit. Be the hound of heaven to them. Come and woo them to yourself. Come and whatever, it, something you want to do that will get their attention. Heal somebody. Financially do something. Do whatever, whatever will get their attention. We like everybody to come, but the book's not written that way. The book says that the road is narrow, but the road to destruction is wide. And we know that we don't have anything to do with it except that we said yes to your wooing. It's all about you. Thank you, Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, be blessed today.